little shot of Clay's vanity right there before we open up. I got a good looking bald head. Well, he's barking out orders to everybody. What did Mel say? What did Mel say yet last week that uh, God gave two or three people a nice head and everybody else he covered with hair? Exactly. Some, some, I heard that he had effect. one favorite nephew, and that was it. No, I, I'm no kind of uh, thought that's what I heard. I'm kind of outnumbered here today, Alex. There's five of us here, and four of you are bald, and I'm the only one with a little hair on his head. So. A little, little hair. hair. <laughs> Holy cow! You don't even have a forehead. You have a two head. Well, that's all right. <laughs> oh, great. If I wish I had mine back. Mel, Mel, with a little foreshadowing there. There's five people in the room There's this five. week. Yeah. Last week, uh, if you tuned in, we had Uncle Mel on here. We've had him several times. Uh, a Renaissance man when it comes to all things outdoors, and uh, he's brought a guest along today. Uncle Mel, go ahead and introduce your guest. Well, we've got uh, an old friend of mine. I think I met him when he first came to Reno from the. Don't hold us against him. The, the eastern, northeastern part of the state back in the late 80s, I believe. Uh, both of our daughters were in 4-H raising lambs. And when you say made, the eastern, northeastern part of the state, are you talking about California? Elko, Elko, oh, County, okay, all right. Wells, Wells and Ailey and yeah. Baker. And Joel is, God's uh, country. Mm-hmm. Joel's a past president of the Nevada Trappers Association. He's a paid lobbyist, um, probably one of the most active sportsmen in the legislature for... About 40 years now, I believe, huh, Joel? 77 is the first year I went down there, but particularly the last 15, 20, 20 years. years it been a long time. 20, 25 years, yeah. So You've Joel been going that. to the Capitol for that long and, and lobbying for... Yeah, I'm not aware of a lobbyist down there that's been doing it longer than me. Wow. Impressive. That is impressive. That's before, before we go too much further with Joel, this podcast brought to you by Benelli. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into some kind of rifle discussion here today. But they make the best shotguns out there. And now their new line of Benelli Lupo, Lupo rifles are are unbelievable. Do you, you remember what Lupo one. stands for? It's wolf in Italian. That a boy. Good job. Do you remember how much I said I like that wood on that gun? And then we went out there and looked at it. And the, you got another one that's got good wood on it, too. I love good wood. I, I like black guns, but, man, them wood ones. <laughs> Beautiful. Is it real wood or is it synthetic? No, it's real. real. It's un- it's, real it's unbelievable. For, for a, them a for a production, yeah, for a production rifle, that wood's as good as it gets. Beautiful stock. So a little more on Joel. He uh, he was uh, on the cab, and we're going to be talking about the cab, which is short for County Advisory Board for Washoe County. He served a couple terms on there, and uh, he's very familiar with the information that we're going to go over with today. <clears throat> he's a real estate agent. That's where I met him. That's um, right back in the day. Clay tried to uh, dab a little bit in real estate, but I think it was a little tough for him. So I've only been doing it for 17 years now. You have been doing it for 17 years? I mean, right now, I just... Very re- actively or just... Well, I'm too busy with this job now. I just refer everything out. Trying to, try to keep your uncle straight. No, you just you just, you just give that little 25% over to me. For, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's that? Referral, Referral fee, fee. Right, yeah, that, Here you go. There, thank it. you very much. <laughs> makes it very easy. So let's get her kicked off. Um, what do you want to talk about first? You know what? what we stop like off to, last I'd week. like to, since we got Joel here, and it's it's a rarity for him to get out of the house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to uh, have him give us just a short, you know, update on what's going on at the, the legislature, and especially this new law with dogs, um, where you can't have them on a chain for very long periods. You can't have them in a kennel for very long periods you have to have 
Joel can talk about more about it, but are you talking about like hound dogs? Yeah, we're talking about all dogs, hunting dogs, all dogs now. This is a bill that kind of got well. Joel could do it, but this is a bill that kind of got no one was really interested in, especially the hounds guys, and it, it really surprised us that they're not really that worried about it. But Joel can give us the status of where that's at now. Well, there's a hearing on it tomorrow in Carson City. So what, what is the actual bill? I haven't heard of it yet. Um. Gosh, I don't have the number right off the top of my head, but um, anyway, it, it, what, what's happening here is there's a gal in Las Vegas that's with the Southern Nevada Humane Society, and she was on the Wildlife Commission for a few years, Karen Lane's her name, and she's the main sponsor of this. There used to be an exemption for hunters on these uh, tethering laws, and Karen's just taking a shot at hunters by taking that exemption out. And, you know, there's stuff in it like you've got to have a 12-foot tether if you have them on a uh, chain or whatever for more than, what is it, 45 minutes or something like that. I think it's a little more than that. I, I didn't I didn't actually read the bill this morning. I was, the other ones I've been spending more time on. But but the the long and the short of it is, She's taking a jab at hunters with this. I didn't even know there was a, specifically houndsmen that oh yeah. use you know a, a pack of hounds to either tree mountain lions or bears or I guess they hunt bobcats and anything with them. But anything. But well, typically they they do at least the setup that I've seen you know is it's some kind of a some kind of a shelter structure and then you tether the dog because they're they're wild you know they're. They're not a pet. I mean, they're not a. They're a working dog. They're like right. a, you know, yeah. they're, they're they're like a Great Pyrenees to a sheep herder. They're not going to be. You're not petting them. You're not. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. But typically, they're a working dog, and they're not. You know, coming in the house at night. So she's taking a shot at those guys. In the what is the what is her solution? You they they would have to be in a kennel. That, well, they have to be treated just like any other dog. You know. Um, that tethering thing, I think it was a 12-foot leash. Well, how are you going to keep a whole bunch of lion dogs on a 12-foot leash? You can't. You know, they're going to be tangled up in a big mess and all that stuff. Well, if we are really you say- look at the, you know, field trials, um, you know, you stretch a chain for 30, 40, 50 feet, and then you'll have a uh, several chains coming off of that with on swivels, and you'll put sometimes eight, nine dogs on the, on the same chain. So... Uh, this would become illegal you're saying right now there's a bill that she's trying to get an exemption out of what we're talking about but there's a bill or a law right now that you can't have a dog on a tether or a chain for more than there's a law and like i say i didn't come prepared to talk about this one particularly but but she exempted the hunting because there was an exemption for hunting dogs and this bill will take it out so, so I just did, I, I'm just saying I just didn't yeah. know there was a law already illegal that you couldn't have your dog. Oh, there's there's a lot of laws like that. You know, it's a felony <laughs> to shoot a dog. There's a lot of things like that. I mean, every session I've been in this session, there's been a, a humane society bill of some kind. Yeah, I just kind. didn't know Is there was a felony a tether- to shoot your own dog. Like, I, I mean, I know it's not as common practice now, but back in the day, that's what everyone did when your dog got sick. You didn't go pay or... to euthanize your dog. You took him out in the, the hills and. I I don't that was probably 10 years ago when that one went through so I, here again I can't just tell you rhyme and verse on that but 
it could yeah, be I, I know it is if you got one i mean if you got one in your shape obviously you're gonna have to get the district attorney to prosecute i just didn't know way. there was a law that you could look it up couldn't have a tether oh, i could but there's all kinds of laws on feral cats and things like that <laughs> you know you, you can't well, we were in the legislature just what three legislatures ago about six six years ago, oh there's on the feral cats try to get them off the river and uh <clears throat> there's there's a lot of things that that bleed over into hunting and stuff every session or something like yeah. that that's oh. the way they get to you is they they take it away incrementally you know it's well and that's what we talk about a lot you know all the different examples but they're not going to be able to take your gun away so make it harder to get black powder you know mm -hmm. just it's another example of that it's right? like we can't the, go after you directly so we'll we'll use a law out there and just pull out the exemption California's well, ammunition laws are the same way. It's you know, how, it's, that's how they go about it on yeah. so many levels, not just hunting, but on so many levels. It's well, just, like AB 355 where they want to take semi-automatic shotguns and rifles away from anybody that's less than 21 years old. Yeah. yeah. Well, that doesn't stop them from hunting, but it's one more thing that they take away from you, and it's death by a thousand cuts. Yep. And these kids start hunting at, what, 12 years old? Well, you can go Before. as soon as you're able to carry you, you can hunt on your dad's license right Ab when you're, you can even i started it. when i was five probably yeah. you know yeah well if this law goes through there won't be any more benelli semi-automatics being yeah. used and then that, but, that deal yesterday that the fish and wildlife service may limit the equipment hunters use on federal refuge properties yeah exactly so F the sci sci is you know fighting that obviously now and you it's, you just said it death by a thousand cuts because there's what's the what's the realistic reason that a kid under twelve can't have a semi automatic shotgun? It, it, it's just they erode that right away slower and slower. And well, slower, you know, low slower. hanging fruit. Yeah. What, it, what a lot of it. First. There, there's a couple of motivations there. One of them is the gun control people that don't even know about hunting. Yeah. They know the word semi automatic and they, you know, they call them weapons of war. You guys know all about that kind of stuff. Sure. When we were fighting the coyote contest bill earlier this fall, we went in and met with a legislator that was from Cheyenne, Wyoming. And she was, you know, amenable to us and, and hunting and stuff because she grew up in that culture. But she threw me a one out of left field that I never even saw coming. And she says, well, I'm okay with this, but I don't want them shooting any semi-automatics at these coyotes. I'm going... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> guess we better pivot and decide how to deal with this one, you know. But that was her wow. her mindset was she didn't think semi-automatics were something that anybody should have. She's okay with hunting coyotes, but let's not use any semi-automatics. You know? Wow, that's, that's an interesting one. So did you did you ask her what her rationale was there? And if you did not, what would well, you suspect her rationale was? What, what, why her, would she be okay at a certain level that all of a sudden her idea of a semi-automatic changes her tune? She's been indoctrinated by the people in her party that semi-automatics are weapons of war, AR-15s. I know that's what was going through her mind. So semi-automatic is her in her in her mind yeah, that was synonymous with AR-15. That was a bad sure. thing. That was what people go out and and but if, have, do gang violence with. Kill, kill them. No, with. is that an AR-15 or AR-14? Because Biden said it was an AR-14. <laughs> AQ, yeah, and you shoot them with clips, and it shoots a hundred thousand rounds per second. Out of a clip. Right. <laughs> yeah, out of the clip. Oh, that guy that was... And then like, Geraldo Rivera said the other day that they don't hunt deer with AR-15s. Yeah. Right. Well, these people are... It's all... That's all just ignorant. 
education, but um, so you're saying the the coyote bill got defeated, or yeah, what we well, with that? well, what happened with that is it it got a hearing, and then it never got pulled out of the drawer again. Um, one of the strategies that we used was we got eight county commissions to pass resolutions in favor of coyote contests. So when you when you deal with with politics you got to look at the calculus you know where where are your votes at you know i i don't talk much about hunting and trapping and stuff when i talk to legislatures i talk about about politics yeah. you know there's there's three things they're interested in when they talk to a lobbyist they're interested in what kind of a voting block do you represent how much money do you bring to the table and what kind of cover can you give them if they go your way they need a couple of points or even just one point, so that if somebody challenges them and says, "says Why did you vote this way?" they they can pick it out because they've got all kinds of bills. They're not just us. Yeah. Is that the most important? <clears throat> cover your ass, or is it money? Well, it's cover them. Oh, I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah. Cover them. That point is that more important oh, than money? Or they're, they're all important. Yeah, they're all important. Believe me. But but see the thing with the counties. See, the the issue is is the legislature can be controlled from Las Vegas right now. You know, they have enough enough people down there to control the, the legislature. The governor's race, however, can be controlled in the rurals and in Washoe County. Other than that, the rurals have no juice whatsoever in the state. But maybe, you know, I'm on national TV, but anyway, just say the governor could lose Las Vegas by 16 points as long as he had the rurals and broke even in in uh, Washoe. Well, you talk about things like that. You know, I, I talked to him. I said, do you really want to piss off the rural people? Is that in the best interest over a coyote bill? Right. You know, that's... Was there anything different in this coyote bill than the one they brought up last last session, yeah. or was it just? Oh yeah. yeah so what, what were what what, what was <laughs> they, what were the finer points of this one that you well, kind of well, scratch your head? They included all the fur bearers and all the unprotected animals, so we couldn't have a mink calling contest or a beaver calling contest or a, a jackrabbit <laughs> calling contest or a, a muskrat calling contest or any of those things, and. I I was scratching my head, and I asked some of the people, I said, where did that come from anyway? And he says, I don't know. He says, they just looked at the fur bearer list and threw everything in there, you know. I mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but d does that coyote bill one day pass here? It seems like it's not going away, and they're going to keep fighting and fighting. I mean, well, something that's happening is – when people don't stand up for themselves and pay attention, there's several states that have lost it around us. Yep. We're going to end up being the only state that has it. And so that's going to end up having a lot of attention on Nevada. Mm -hmm. Now let's turn it into a, a positive thing. That's what we're doing right now. There's a lot of these rural counties that that like this. They sell restaurants, you know, meals and hotel ho rooms and, and cases and of beer and, and gallons of fuel and everything else. money goes to the to the kids there, some some type of organization mm -hmm. that needs it. Sure. And they try to make it, that's, uh, you talk about the money, you know, it's a, it's a, that's, I hear their point, it's not about hunting, it's about 
you know, paying these people to go do it. Paying, winning prizes. Yeah, winning prizes. It's a, it's a, a whatever, a, a contest, obviously. You're glorifying. But they're being, yeah, glorifying it through money instead of just a, a guy going out there and shooting them, not, you know, on Whoa. their own with no prizes. And that's how they try to justify it. But their underlying cause is they want to get rid of hunting, well, sure. regardless they, of they, it. They, they, trapping's been the tip of the sword forever. Yeah. Because they see that as the most vulnerable. That's why we formed our coalitions. In 1992, Larry Johnson and I and Jeff Martin and a bunch of guys, we met over at Lowry High School and we got the the Coalition for Nevada's Wildlife going. And basically, it was a knee-jerk reaction to what happened in Arizona where they, they had a bill in Arizona that said that wildlife will be managed by non-lethal methods. That would have done away with hunting, fishing, trapping, any damage control. Well, all the big organizations jumped in. Big wildlife organizations jumped in and and uh, they defeated it pretty soundly. Well, the next year they came back and they made it just about trapping. And there were only two national organizations that jumped in and helped the trappers. And they ended up losing foot traps on public lands. So Nevada Bighorns Unlimited was the one that initially started the the meeting and then we took it from there and made it into a different entity because when you start getting into money and politics and stuff you have to form political action committees and you can't do nonprofit organizations. You have to have your proper legal structure in order to uh, give donations to, to uh, people and uh, politicians yeah so we yeah. did that and, and we also formed the east or the well eastern coalition that was not very much alive but the southern coalition is certainly alive southern coalition I, see i lobby for them and we have another lobbyist for the northern coalition and and we work both sides of the aisle real well that way it's a it's a great team to go down and watch them work it, it's like we were saying last week you know that <clears throat> these bills are when and lost face-to-face uh, -face meetings with, with these legislators. And um, Joe well, does a very good job with it. So, I've, uh, I, went up, Northern. I went up to Boise two weeks ago and gave a, a talk about this. And I, I told him, I said, the legislature is a lot like a high school. You have the same archetypes. You know, you have the class president, you have the homecoming queen, you have the class creep, you have the football coach, you got the the jocks it, it but instead of calling them cliques you call them caucuses and that's that's the way politics works it's it's the same structure as a high school so you you have to be there in order to function in that environment that's why you pay lobbyists because you need somebody in the building are you lobbying against um all sorts of bills that you see fit through the coalition or is it just wildlife because Obviously, there's some bills out there that are, I think three or four in Nevada that are strictly on guns that have nothing to do with per se hunting, but they're going after gun rights. So, do you co do you go lobby against those as well, or just wildlife? So I, I do, but it, it depends on who's going to take the leadership on this. If you think of like police organizations, who takes the lead? Is it the FBI or the Metro Police, or is it you know? I mean, the Nevada Firearms Coalition is the ones that, and the NRA should be taking the lead on the the gun issues and we should be in a support position on the wildlife stuff we take the lead <clears throat> and 
you know, generate support from all kinds of entities. I have guys that work the labor unions in Las Vegas. They'll go down to the union halls, and, and Dave Stowater, he'll just sit there and just take names and numbers and have people vote on the... There's a opinion page that you can go in and, and vote on. And like the coyote bill, we were losing two-thirds to one-third, so I called those boys up in Pioch, and those guys are nuts about calling. Next thing you know, we were two-thirds, and they were one-third. And they had... 62 people show up for the hearing in Pioch. Wow. 62. We had, you know. The, yeah. Um, do you see any of the wildlife bills that are going to negatively affect our side passing this session, or are they all kind of <coughs> in the water? Well, I, I think the gun bill's the biggest one, but I'm optimistic the governor will veto that. But you know, we we can't count on the governor to do everything. We yep. we got to do we our gotta, part. We got to fight for it. We yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's one thing. I, I know how I think as a lobbyist. If I think I'm the only one down there and nobody else cares, it's like, okay. I think well, you know the the first bill we talked about, the dog bill. That you know, animal rights. That 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 directly affects hunting. Oh yeah, for, I mean, for right, hunting, we talked about last week the horse one, making it the state <clears throat> horse. Not state animal because it got shut down, but the state horse that affects hunting. Well, Even though the, they just say it's oh, we're just helping to protect the horse. The problem with the horse bill is it sends the wrong message. It sends the message that everything's good in Nevada as far as horses. Hmm. And see, 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 public lands are like a, a commercial real estate building with fifty landlords. So, think about that. We. As far as the horses go and as far as the public land goes, somebody in New Jersey's got just as much say as we do, even though we live here. So if we say the state horse, somebody in Connecticut or Ohio or Florida that doesn't know anything, they go, oh, wow, that's cool. It's sending the message that everything's okay, and it's not okay. Not at all. No, it's, it's very bad. I well, was yeah, I didn't to, think uh, about that. I was listening to a newscast today um secretary of the interior she was being interviewed and you know multiple use on public lands right that, that's what what's what it's all about multiple use well now the biden administration is saying non-use is a use of public lands so, which, which is what they did to northern washoe right is close it all off no one can go up there non -use. it's non-use so yeah that, that's a use that's a non-use <laughs> you know you talk about horses and um, the damage that they do, we could go on for forever on that. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it is so so sad out there when you have some of these AMLs <clears throat> over thirteen times what they're supposed to be. You know, the average across the state, I believe, Joel's about four hundred percent now. About four times is the average for all the AMLs. But when you're looking at that competition, which I'm gonna kind of lead into the guzzler that was built this weekend. And, in Churchill County down in Unit 181 for sheep. It's the largest one that's ever been built in the state. It's 10,000 square foot of collection surface and about 20,000 gallons of storage. Wow. So I was talking to a biologist today about it. It was his, his unit. and You know, we've always said that, look, you know, the springs, there's so much competition at these springs on public lands for wildlife that 
we have to build more guzzlers. You know, when you take take antelope, for instance, and bighorn sheep, um, the competition that they have with feral horses at, at springs is immense. And now uh, one of the biologists, he says, you know, I built this last guzzler, which is called Rosebud, but uh, he built it just a short distance from a spring. But all the antelope now that use use the guzzler and they stay completely away from the spring because of the horses. Yeah. The horse use there. That's that's rude of you. That's our state horse. Y- you know what? <laughs> it should be very <laughs> Sit, sitting here listening it, it the the horse problem sounds a lot like the homeless problem in Reno. It's like we we all recognize that there's a problem but nobody knows what to do about it or the answer to what to do about it isn't favorable to a lot of people so we're just well, not doing anything about it. That's and it's, just it. That it's it's not favorable. Close right. your eyes, give me 2 million bucks and I'll I'll show you some results. Nobody's right. willing to do it. That's it the way it is. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, we're built we built an 11 million dollar cares complex and on 4th Street that now it wasn't big enough so now they got at but yet on a podcast earlier, I talked about a, a retail business closed by my business, and there's already a homeless camp in their loading dock. It's been closed for less than a week. So we've already put the millions of dollars of our money into a, a, a homeless shelter that doesn't work anyway, and they're all out there still. So we have the horse corrals out on Pyramid Lake Highway. That, that They don't want to use those, though, or whatever the problem no, there's is. Four, well, and then they – 4,000 – what did you say, 400%? Well, yeah, and, about and, an average of four hundred. Yeah, Jesus, average. I mean, that's an average worse. across. I mean, some of them are a lot more, like thirteen. You know, thirteen hundred percent. Oh yeah, it's worse in some places. Yeah. Which I just wanted to bring up another point. Um, like bears, you know, you talk about problems and um, what do we do about it? Um, this little chart here uh, shows the calls into Endow uh, over in five-year increments since 1987 and they have 2022 last year standing on its own so back in 87 through 91 that five-year period they had 19 calls for in five problems. years they had 19 in five calls. years just just any calls or excuse me it's actually excuse 14, me, 14 he can't calls see. he's got just, a head of hair but he can't see just any <laughs> are these this, this is just encounters side. with bears that these, they, are, these are complaints people okay. calling in i've got a bear in my backyard is a bear in the okay. street something like that then the next five years we had uh 31 next five years we had 114 then we had 178 in the next five, then 541. And in, in uh, 2012 to 2016, it went down to 435. Then 2017 to 2021, there was 569. But last year alone, there were 1,450 calls. So uh, explain so, that. Hold, hold on. I got, uh, this is my first, first thoughts. One, obviously, could be the bear population is exploding because... There wasn't hunting back. There wasn't a bear season back when those started, right? We only have had a bear season for eight years. Right. And now, because of science, we said now we have a bear season because there's a population to have a bear season. One, population of humans has grown since then and more, enc- more encounters in their areas. Three, uh, there's people that are now obviously living in, in the bear in the bear habitat that they've moved into because of growth of human population 
and people that are happy about bears or love bears and trying to get you know say something they they just do it for for the bear for the protection of the bear really what you're getting at is like there's more like the activists activists doing something on behalf of the bear versus that yeah Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and hopefully next year we can review this but i'm gonna 2022 um was 1450 so you know it's three times as many plus as it was the five-year period before this is just one year yeah but in 2023 i'm going to go out of limb and say there's going to be less and the reason why i say that is because of the snow we had this year yeah so bears were probably able to hibernate well they don't truly hibernate but they're probably easy to able to go in and den they've already, they've already had a couple of them i know that yeah. that have come out and i saw them walking on the decks of some places in oh, tahoe yeah. <laughs> well I, I saw an article the other day that they they estimate that estimate that there's 500 bears in the tahoe rim basin which only is, 500 which is probably pretty close you think so what they're saying in nevada for as a whole is is that in is nevada about or 700 basin? about yeah. 700 yeah. bears is our population in nevada only they in said in the Tahoe Rim Basin. I don't know if that includes California or they're only counting Nevada. That or seems what. low if it was the entire. Well, see, that's, the that's an extremely important point because the population in Nevada is just a sliver of up there of the whole population. We're we're just part of the California population, right? Yeah. You know, there's an artificial human geographically line there, but yeah. you know, California has drastically reduced what they do with bears. On so, that, on those encounters, does it break down our ninety percent in Tahoe area? I would like to know that because obviously some bears do roam, and they've tagged bears that have gone from Tahoe to Northern Washoe and back and things like that. The pine nuts and they walk yeah. back. You know, they, so where they I would love to back. see the breakdown of calls of where ninety. I would no, say most of them are going to be up in the Tahoe it region. Break that down, but since they've been since two thousand thirteen, we've lost. 386 bears to uh, vehicle collisions. Management has had to take out 158. A hunter's taken 169. Depredations, 39. Illegal kills, 12. Wait a minute. What, what, what would be the difference between depredation and the stat that you read right before hunting? The, the hunter or no, 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 management? But, yeah. Um, probably management. I, I'd imagine that is by Endel management three strikes and they're out and what's depredation if a bear if a bear depredation would be probably wildlife services mm-hmm. um when a bear goes in and, and kills livestock oh they don't get three three, three strikes at that game, no i would imagine no huh? yeah uh-uh. and then other which I, I don't know what that would be 95 so there's been a since 2013 there's been 859 bears killed and that's since 97 there's been 859 how how are the numbers and about between 15 and 20 percent were hunters when, if, if i remember well yeah what what are uh yeah what are the total numbers of bears from what'd you say oh one 97 when when your numbers just did on that graph, what is it? When Basically, was it? about when the season started, when the when the hunting started, 2013. 2013. Okay, so yeah. 2013 until now, I imagine there's more bear. That, 
I don't know. I don't population wise. Population wise, are there more bear today than there was ten years ago? Anecdotally, I'll, maybe a I'll, few. I'll, I'll chime in on that. Yeah, go ahead. I, I trap beavers in every drainage in this valley for depredation, and I didn't see bears in every drainage 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now there are bears everywhere. Really? Everywhere. In, so just by anecdotal research, or th- th- yes, is your answer. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah. yeah I, 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 I see that. There's more bears. Yeah. Is it also displacement because of, like we were just talking, We've humans have moved into so many other areas that are they have they pushed them out and just uh, made them roam more? A little I mean, bit, that's probably. Be a bit of I, I see them in old southwest Reno. I see them in Mogul. I see them down on... St. James Where houses have been always been. Yeah. South Lake Tahoe. I, I would yeah. say I, I would say no. I think I think it's just like the coyote. Um, you know, they're they're gonna live wherever they can. Apple trees, man. They love they love apples. I think well ki- the the human population has probably helped the bear population because now there's so many living within True. where they can't get hunted. And there's a lot so, of people that feed them. Yeah, feed say, them and more bait. So there, there's more protections yeah. because they're, there's they're so many more people. Them. They're the people that are making these calls. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Who, they're the ones protecting. So I would think just because of that, there's more protection on the bears and more more survive. And there's more. There's no not hunting in those areas. Just, or what do you, when you say you trap beavers and all the drainage around here for depredation, you're that's that's part of your uh i've got a little business yeah i was gonna I, say like a side hustle for you yeah I, I never really started to do that but all of a sudden everybody's got a beaver problem so right i'm i i mean they get in the nurseries and chew their trees down they dam up the drainage dishes they put geordie in the water they dam up the irrigation ditches they you know the <laughs> like, would you do like last chance ditch that runs mm-hmm. through, re- like that runs right by my house? You mm-hmm. you go trap like that area? Mm-hmm. Usually, that's up, cool. Upstream, yeah. yeah. Especially now because all this water is going to be running down the mountain. It's oh, yeah. seriously flooding. If yeah, this area's jammed up. I I don't really want to say who I trap for because they don't really want yeah, it fire. out there. But that's fine. but everybody has a problem. Homeowners oh, associations, yeah. you know, they get in there and chew their trees it's, down. It's, and, and I bet I bet there's people that call you that don't hunt don't shoot don't do nothing but well it's affecting me and my trees yeah when my trees so, going down yeah so please help <laughs> come come do it how, how quick well, you, exactly you, you, yeah. I, I have a i have a good friend that lives in incline village and he's got uh two dogs and he called me and he said hey for the last five nights this coyote is, is out in my back you know what do i do and i said unfortunately you have a place that you know isn't very keen on any of this stuff but you got to trap it you know i mean you, you can't shoot a gun up there you could trap it and you know hire and, and i said hire you know somebody up there's licensed to trap and remove that thing i said it's it's you know it's baiting your dogs or it it wants your dog it's like no coincidence that it's just shown up the last five nights in a row and so he said yeah he said i my neighbors they think they're cute you know but i got these dogs that they're trying to eat you know i said yeah oh it's it's funny that woodpeckers are a problem in lake tahoe you know oh yeah well you know the further what clay said about you know they're not hunters non-hunters call there's probably more non-hunter that we get calls from than hunters i would yeah probably because most of us right oh i'll take care of the problem yeah i don't need to call anybody (laughs) yeah but there's coons and skunks and ground squirrels i do ground squirrels for people and you know and and to keep it out of the public eye joel and i talked this morning and you know he was already back in bed but he had to go out 
before sun out this morning and pull some traps so you set them at night and yep, you go back the next morning you know you, you go out when it's dark and we set them and then go the next morning and pull before. them before it gets light mm-hmm. yeah. you got ten thousand cars running past you and you just <laughs> i had to get a ground squirrel out of my front yard because he was well, just, just right here my patio. I, I, I had a call in this neighborhood there's there's just right around the corner there's two culvert pipes that come out from higher up and uh a, a, just like you girl has two eight pound puppies in the backyard and small kids and two weeks ago ish uh coyote stand on their back fence and came out and it jumped off into the out into the green belt but um hopped into the, the neighbor's yards killed some of their chickens um so she stopped me on the road the other day and anyway <laughs> what you think of yeah, <laughs> you went out and said get out of here yeah <laughs> you, you stopped coming back to this house together. No, he fed her a couple heads of lettuce got him switched yeah. over to a vegetarian you diet. hold your hands up and look big and mean you know that's, that's what they tell uh, you to do Joel and i have a mutual friend in minnesota and uh um i think he was looking for 50 beavers finally the snow finally melted enough and the ice was gone he could start spring beaver trapping and he was ready to he went out and checked and he figured he wanted he was shooting for 50 beavers he caught 41 or 40 mm. 40 and then he went out the net and he, you look at the back of his pickup and all of this is depredation this was all you know that the municipalities hired him there to do this and the, and the property owners and the next day he went out and caught 51 <laughs> so the next post i see on facebook he's, he he'd cut his finger when he was skinning a beaver so three days later he's in the hospital he's got blood poisoning from skinning the beaver and blood to blood contact really who's yes. this yeah. you no, no this is Minnesota. No, a friend of ours in oh, Minnesota. Oh, okay. so well, i haven't heard joel have you I, heard from i talked to him this morning yeah that, how's he doing he's he's okay but he's not okay yeah, you know, I mean he's not going to die, but he's laid up. Wow, you know? they are the the river rats are dirty. The blood, dirty blood, the blood right contact with. The blood. I mean, we could cut our cut your finger skin in a deer or something like that. You don't have to worry about it all. Right. Beaver, you got them. Oh, you got to see down sepsis. on the river with all those homeless people. Oh, like, yeah, I can only imagine they're just rats. I'm dodging meth heads and you know homeless people <laughs> and feral cats. There's a beaver in Vegas back in college that. It's not very good either. Got you. Got you. <laughs> got you a trip to the old tri- doctor penicillin. I had no blood to blood. To be honest with you guys, you know, uh, Clint and Alex, uh, I thought Joel was going to be the first one to bring that up, but I mean, I, I, I almost made the, the joke when he said 41 and said, oh, 40. I said, well, one was when he got home. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't remember the last one. <laughs> to go back to some of the bills, what bill are you kind of active? fighting right now what's in what's in session what's uh coming out of what do you call it well the one, the, one that, the one that interests me right now is 355 which is the 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 21 year old semi-automatic thing um the dog bill i mean the, the houndsmen are should be interested in that i mean i'm gonna help them but you know somebody else got to take the lead on that one um there's one on the predator management bill that I think is going to go our way. It started out being a lemon, and we kind of turned it into lemonade. Um, what What is that about? You talk about the three dollar fee. Yeah. Oh, uh, the one that split. You know the yeah. Basically, 
the deal is, is there's supposed to be a checkbox where you either check habitat or predator management. But we said, okay, if it goes to predator management, 100% of it's lethal instead of 80%. So I think people can take their choice on that, you know. Huh? You know, it's far as i'm concerned they could do away with it and we want we want back. you think it's going to pass to where they're going to well sell? that's that was the deal that hasn't shown up in writing yet gotcha. and you know how deals are oh yeah but that was we and have we, seen the we have seen the amendment to that side you but, have mm -hmm. oh yeah in fact i called you about it with the language that says the check boxes um certainly yeah yeah uh, precludes to it i haven't seen it I think I've, I've had the conversation, but I haven't seen it come out of LCB yet. So, then where where is the automatic uh, firearm at? It's just sitting right now. Every, everything that I'm tracking right now is just sitting, except for the dog bill, which is getting heard tomorrow. Now, there's another one getting heard on Friday that I just got an email on. I can't remember which one that was. Um, I'll have to look on my phone. But there's another one that. Is going to come up in the interim session next year, which um, could revamp the Wildlife Commission. The Antis have been trying for years to change the Wildlife Commission because right now we've got nine members. Five of them are sportsmen. One's a farmer, one's a rancher, one's a uh, conservationist, and one's a general public. Well, they think that we've got the deck stacked, but uh, they want to change that. Um, well, I got I got one if you yeah. if you're struggling. To no, say no, so. I was I would, go ahead. I I just I want to I would be curious to hear from you uh, from a general public, you know, looking at the general public. How do how do how do we get involved? Not everybody's going to be on your level or Uncle Mel's level or even maybe on our level. So, to the people that are out there listening, how do they get involved? I see certain things from groups, you know, write your legislator, you know, write your whatever. How does it, how does the the normal guy on the street that's listening that that hears this and they and they go, "Man, I I don't like that, you know, AB355 or whatever." How how do they get involved? It's not as easy to contact your, you know, representatives as it, as it may be or maybe they don't have all the resources to do it. So how can you get involved? Is it an email? Is it a letter? Is it a phone call? Is it showing up like you know, you said 62 people showed up in Pioch, but how do you know to show up? How do you get on a list or something so that that people out there can help? Well, there's a lot of different ways, and and a lot of them are easy, and a lot of them, you know, you can go from real easy to, to real hard, depending on your level of activism. I mean, a good way to do it is look at the Southern Nevada Coalition for Wildlife's fake, Facebook page. Mike Reese will put information up there about what bills are coming up and and how to contact people if you've got a bill that really bothers you like say if you're a, the coyote contest thing send a an email to the committee chairman and maybe i should explain how the legislature works because i can tell you how to do all this stuff but unless you kind of understand the structure of it so what there are is there's two kinds of laws there's statutes and there's regulations the legislature makes statutes. The Wildlife Commission makes regulations. And the function of it is, is the legislature takes the broad public opinion 
So basically they say you can have a bear season. Then they send it over to the Wildlife Commission. Wildlife Commission decides how many bears you get to take, what weapons you get to use, you know, what, Seasons. you know, can, can you use bait, can you use what dogs, tactics, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, there's two functions there. So if you're in the legislature, it's the broad public opinion. So um, there's two houses in the legislature. It's called the bicameral legislature. There's the Senate and the Assembly in Nevada. We're one of eight states that have an assembly. The other one, call them the House of Representatives. So we, we've got two, the Senate and the Assembly. A bill will get introduced into one house or the other house. And it has to pass out of the committee that it's assigned to. Most of our bills are assigned to the Natural Resource Committee. So you don't have to talk to everybody in the legislature. You need to talk to that committee. In the That's Senate, a key point right there. In the Senate, there's five people. You've got to get three votes. In the assembly, there's, what is it, 12, I think. you got to get six votes to make it a tie, and a tie kills it. So if you can kill it in the first house, the way you kill it is you, you do your political calculus. You decide how many votes you've got. If you got your three, then it just never comes out again. Three in the Senate. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll never have a vote. They'll, there's, the procedure is, is you have a hearing where the general public comes in, and then later they'll have what's called a workshop, and the general public cannot speak at that one unless they're called on by a legislator, and then they'll, they'll vote. If it's going to a workshop, there's going to be a vote. If it doesn't go to a workshop, it dies because there's, there's a time limit in the first house that the bills have to come out. And there's a huge motivation on legislators to kill bills because they all introduce bills, and there's five times as many bills as they'll ever pass. So their big motivation is to dump as many bills as possible in that first house. Is that because their constituents, they, they have a certain obligation to their constituents? So as long as they you, can go, hey, I you, tried, and it never made it. it out. Okay. Every one of them has got to introduce a bill or two just to say they, they did something. It doesn't work. You know, they have to do that so in that open that first meeting where there's public opinion or whatever Mm -hmm. if you can get enough people to turn out to that 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 speak for or against it you can get it killed before it ever goes out one of our strategies we use there and this is this is something that we've developed you know a few sessions ago and it's been working like a champ i run this like a football team you know we get 30 minutes we get two minutes apiece so I say, instead of all of us getting up there and just going blah, 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 you know, and Same God, I, I forgot to say this and I forgot to say that. You take this subject, you take that subject, you take that point, you take that point, I take that point. We give a 30-minute speech two minutes at a time. There's three seats up there. As soon as that butt gets out of that seat, another butt's in there. We're not wasting 10 seconds walking up to the microphone. Yeah. We just roll right through that. And that's... And you, who writes that speech and breaks it? I mean, we usually meet the night before. The coalitions. Well, wait till we talk about it. And everybody around the table talks about mm-hmm. the issue, mm-hmm. and then we'll and gets the, gets the points out there. Yeah. Well, we always we always have one person that does a rebuttal. That's important to have a rebuttal because they speak first. The proponent of the bill introduces it, and then they speak. So, um, they they get more time than us 
because they can rattle on for an hour presenting their bill. Mm -hmm. We have to sit on our hands, so we're limited to 30 minutes. But the more they say, the more we have that we can yeah, start picking it apart. We can pick it apart. Yeah. But that way, if, if everybody has a focus, we're not all just going, what, what else was I going to say? You know? Yeah, scatterbrain. How about so, back to the, just since it's a smaller body, who, who are our five state senators on that Natural Resources Committee? Um, right now, it's uh, Melanie Scheibel, Ira Hansen, Pete Gokachia, uh, Vizina. How many, four. How many did I say? Four. I oh, just, and Edgar Flores. Two of those are on our side that I would know of. Mm -hmm. At least two. Mm -hmm. two, three? Or more. two. Two of them are. Two of them are. Yeah, two for good. We don't necessarily have to. I think we all know who they are. Yeah. But, but one of the bill sponsors was Melanie Scheibel. And she's a chair, chairwoman. Vice chairwoman. Vice chair. Yeah. So, but the th the thing is, you got to realize, it's it's like on the coyote contest bill. It's like I told the the people in Boise. I said there's there's about five or six different kinds of antis, and they all have different motivations, and you deal with them all differently. At the hearing for the coyote contest bill. Um, Everybody had a dark blue badge, which means you're a paid lobbyist. They were the ones that spoke. I said, I said, you know what? I said, you're worried about, you know, s some money being exchanged on coyote contests. I said, this is the biggest goddamn fundraiser. So <laughs> sorry. You know, th this is a, a fundraiser right here in this, this meeting. You know, the Humane Society of the United States that doesn't have a single shelter, you know, on and on and on. It's like I told the guys in Boise, I said... These people don't necessarily want to take us all out because we're if they don't have us for a cause, how do they make money? Right. That's a great mm -hmm. point. They'll they'll pick off bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. They gotta have a win occasionally, but if they totally outlawed hunting and trapping and fishing. You know, it was funny yeah, that they could like, off of the It's a lot of the, the issues that are out there in the nation, right? Yeah. You know, you get rid of this is your hot button issue that all of a sudden what happens to all the activists this is their that business model the yeah. sure. it's just like you guys running running your business here you have a business model and business plan they have the same thing it yeah. was different this year joel with uh -huh. the you know how the antis went to it they they uh we're still battling singly you know one for all and all for one but they, they hired lobbyists to take care of it this year because I don't know. You know, we could go back three sessions ago when yourself and a couple other guys were sitting at the table, and somebody put on Facebook that you ought to be killed. And oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was three white men that need to die. And, really? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my my son was going to be the next school shooter for posting a picture of him killing a coyote. Yeah. See, that kind of that probably correlates back to this our chart here, where this you know exponential growth. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that's exactly. going on there. Yeah. I asked Uncle Mel last. I asked Uncle Mel last week, you might have a better, uh, I guess, take on it. Not better, but just different since you're involved with it every day. Um, other states, and a couple have already passed this year, um, constitutional, hunting, hunt, constitutional hunting rights. Ever passed it in Nevada? We tried it in 2015, and yeah. we, we passed it with only two dissenting votes in the entire legislature. Well, no, that was that was the the caucus, the constitutional amendment. Yeah, it went down with just uh, Spearman and Ford 
against it. Yeah, but it. we have to, you know, it, it goes through twice. It has to go th- twice, and then it has to go to the vote of the people. So so we're, can, uh, do we re-up it, or uh, what do we do? What's the next step to try to get that going well, again? You have to you, have a sponsor. you you got to have a sponsor, and you got to have the right mix of legislators, in my opinion. Is yeah. it there right now? Probably not. No. Yeah. No. And I don't think that the states that passed it, the last one I heard was Montana. Well, they'd already had Florida. Montana. Just Florida Montana. But they don't have, it doesn't. Montana just lost it, I twice. think. What's that? Montana just lost it, I think. No, actually, they they didn't lose it from what I've seen on uh, Morgan's post. Yeah. Well, but anyway, you've got, in Nevada, it's two, you know, goes to the legislature twice and then to the voter once. And that's a ch- because it is a constitutional amendment. We're changing the constitution or adding to it. Where in some states like Florida, it might not be that way. It might they might mm-hmm. ha- not not have to go twice. I I'll tell you something that's going to distress you. <laughs> when we tried it in Nevada, there were a lot of big dog sportsmen that every one of us here know that were against it. Reasoning. What if we lose? We haven't got anything now. What if you know? What if we lose? Doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, what, I would said, matter? what if we lose? We get, we're the same as we are now. Yeah, right. I mean, it can be brought up again. I mean, what, a bill getting shut down doesn't. Yeah, where, what was it? One of these states had to do it nine times. I was gonna. Is it? Is it kind of the theory like you put a house on the market and it doesn't sell? It, it, Black it, 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 it makes it look bad when it comes yeah. back around. Or I, yeah. I don't know the yeah, rationale. What I told, that, what I told them, and, <laughs> and I'm not going to mention names, and I'm not going to yeah, mention fine. organizations. Yeah. I'll talk about it later, but. You would be amazed. You would be amazed at what we went through in that. Huh, that's interesting. It was, Even with the hug of Hunter. It was disappointing. It was quote. very disappointing. I, I mean. Do you I, think I, if they would have got behind it, it would have went further? Well, we got it through. Just, I mean, Once. with their voices, it could have. But, well, the, but the next session, the next session, it went into a committee, and the committee chairman just said, uh-uh. No. It has to go through two successive successive mm. sessions. Mm-hmm. I, I think I wonder if it's what you kind of talked about last time, where some people are just like, "I want to be left well enough alone with this stuff," right? You know, I, I, I just if if we don't talk about it, it won't be, you know. Yeah, but the you other, know, then again, the people you, have been telling me that I've been going to lose trapping for sixty years. Yep, and it just pisses. I'm, Get fired up, Joel. You're allowed to. Okay. (laughs) People tell me we're going to lose it, we're going to lose it. And I'm going to say, by God, we are. You know? Yeah. I'm not going to stand I'm not going to stand there and let it happen. It's the oldest oldest form of conservation there is in this world. We're going to lose the war if we don't fight the battle. Yeah, you got to show up. Look, look the the, world is run by the people that show up. Look at the coyote. And that is the truth. Look at the coyote calling content. Well, I want to have you on again. Um, we're we're already been talking for a little over an hour probably but um i want to have you out again because you are a voice to be reckoned with that is for sure especially in nevada i didn't i knew you were a lobbyist and and helped sportsmen's obviously but i had no idea it was that for as long as you've been doing it yeah it's so we kind of owe a lot last 23 we kind of owe a lot to you for getting things passed shutting things down and i I don't like to pound my chest but that's true no it's awesome it's very awesome so what i kind of took out of this for everybody out there listening is is you know follow a couple of these social media accounts of these coalitions yeah what was that one like again southern nevada, southern, southern, coalition. southern nevada coalition southern there's nevada. a northern nevada coalition one that i that i follow that they also kind of put some things on about um 
I got some information from the Nevada Bighorns Unlimited chapter here that, you know, they, they've got some, you know, uh, emails and, and text messages about getting involved. But, you know, we need to be involved. And, well, I, and, and, it, and Joel should have fired you up when he said that, you know, yeah. by God, he's not going to watch trapping go by. And, and then Mel followed it right either. up with, we're going to lose the war if we don't fight the battle. So all of us need to be involved in these. And, and we can win. We I've, sure. I've proved it for four decades. Yeah. And I've watched all these other states go down. And it's just like, show up, man. So and, is, But money, let, let me just make a yeah, quick pitch. Go ahead. Yeah, pitch. Quick pitch for a coalition. We're having a, a banquet Friday. Um. I've got two tickets. When you guys want to go? This Friday? Yeah. What's Friday? Friday? It's at the Elk. The 5th. Yeah. Is it the and, Elk's and, Lodge? Yeah. At the Elk's Lodge. Yeah. Let, me, yeah, let me think about it. What is 5th? Yeah, Friday? I just had a couple of cancellations. But we have, it's limited to 200 people. And it's the oh only, it's the only banquet where the money goes to politics. It's not tax deductible because we have our yeah, you're legal people. structure yep. set up and mm-hmm. and uh, but you know all these other banquets they go to Habitat and stuff like that and who knows where but this is about politics we go meet with a, well we donated a bunch of stuff last week yeah. did you give you it to rec got it through, yep. got it the rec no no okay, so. we're we're not that big we we raise twenty or thirty thousand dollars and I'll tell you what I would like to do my goal. <laughs> Is I'd like to be able to give the maximum donation to the majority leaders, the minority leaders, the uh, chairman of the uh, uh, committee committees, and what is that number? Um, I believe it's five thousand apiece. Then there's, uh, but we got two coalitions. So you know, I'd like to, I'd like to see that um, come about. We got two years to raise the money. Is there, um, there? There's limits on when you can give donations. Yeah. You know, you can't do it during the legislature, obviously, and unless you're Harry Reid, and then you can <laughs> do whatever, do whatever you want. But um, a couple of other than came out other than donating to your coalition to obviously SE, all these people that you know fight boots on the ground for us, like this lobbyist, are are you actively searching for new lobbyists? How do you get into lobbying? You know things like that. Could could you use a sidekick to help you out? Could you or or how are you? Well, the funding for the lobbyists has to come from certain uh, uh, channels. You know, you just can't a nonprofit can't do it. You know that's why we have a coalition. Yeah, and we do it the right way. You know, so it, it, I, mean, you know, I, I mean, gotta say, you know, it, it's it's just like everything. The the young. We have to get the younger generation involved, mm-hmm. and, and we're starting to get it. it. We are, we are getting a few, and it's been it's been a battle, but especially on the the coalition side, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the NGOs that put boots on the ground and build guzzlers and plant sagebrush. Little different story. Yeah, that's there's politics is a whole but different. Reason. You know, if if someone would, I'll put the plug in for him. If someone would would want to go sidekick with joel and have him as a mentor you're not going to have a better one yeah. i mean it understands wildlife and the issues like he says he's been at it for 40 years at over over 40 years at the legislature but you know he he's also worked for the forest service um it, it's sometimes it's very annoying when you're out in the field and joe says Joel says, well, that's an Americanus papachus. And I says, what? 
And he goes, well, that's an Americanus papus. And I says, what the hell? He goes, well, that plant right there. I said, that's a weed. He goes, no, it isn't. It, it grows this time of the year, and it's got this many seeds in it. And, you know, he, he's very well-rounded, very educated about a lot of things. And uh, you know, just, he's trapped antelope. That head's just not for a hat hanger, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Mel just lost his title for innocence. I know. <laughs> You're out. It sounds like I'm he out mentors you a little bit. You gotta, you gotta shave your head and just have a goatee like him. <laughs> I might should, man. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, Joel, I appreciate the everything you've done for the state of Nevada and obviously other states because you're going up to Boise and talking and there, you know, everybody probably knows who you are across the country since you have been so successful over 40 years. There's some things we're going to build on. So I appreciate that. Um, I would love to have you back and talk more about this because it's very fascinating and obviously people are not I mean, I'm not I'm not as educated as I was no. before an hour yeah, ago. We should do a month. So yeah, a couple months, just legislative updates, see where things are at. And uh, I agree. And how how more people can get not just involved, like I said, of donating and going to dinners and raising money like that, but actively becoming someone like you. Yeah. So I'd love to talk about that. Um, what you got, Alex? Anything else? I was just gonna say, well, we'd love to have you back, and Uncle Mel always. Uh, I mean, you're you know, out. We only have four mics next week, so it's important to educate the, uh, the the people out there. And yeah, I, I learned something today for sure. So I know everybody else learned something. Not really. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming. And uh, between now and then, let's go shoot some Benellis. Yeah, exactly. Thank yeah. you very much. We'll see you next time. See you.